right, and we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. This is Gerald Glassford from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please, 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 please. I may just fill the whole entire hour, please. Please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts, although that wouldn't actually be a very entertaining episode of me just saying please. But please give us that five-star podcast review on Apple Podcasts or like, subscribe, share, support, follow, throw us stars, not ninja stars, but just, you know, throw us Facebook gaming stars. Whatever you can do to support us, we truly appreciate it right here at the Lakers Fast Break. I've got not only one, not only two, but three great guests today. As I told Raphael in the beginning, before we went on the air, what the hell are you doing with us right here? I'm telling you, man. But it is a great time indeed because we've got the guys from Lakerholics.com right here today. If you haven't had a chance, please check out the site. It is Lakerholics.com. And in fact, I am typing it for you right now as we go on the air. It is Lakerholics.com. There it is in all of its glory and all of its beauty. Any, If you're a Lakers fan or you just love the NBA, check out all the great things that they're doing today at Lakerholics.com. You can be part of the conversation, podcasts, videos, and so much more. It is Lakerholics. First off, though, speaking of giving five-star reviews and liking, sharing, following, and the whole nine yards, if you haven't done that yet for NBA Draft Junkies, which I've got right up right now, you got to go ahead and just go on over to NBADraftJunkies.com, NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube. He does so much when it comes to the NBA Draft, profiles, videos, podcasts, so much more. It is my good friend. It is the guy who tolerates me even on his birthday. <laughs> Although, you know, I'm just going to say, as I do to everybody I can, Happy 18th birthday, Rafael Barlow. Thank you, thank you. I wish I was 18. <laughs> well, I have an IQ of 18. These people say that. You wish you were 18. I wish I was 18. Yeah, that's true. I don't wish I was 18. I don't but wish I was 18. Laker Tom has the, the, the steepest fall. Let's put it that way. <laughs> also as well, we've got the blog editor of Lakerholics.com. You got to go ahead and check out what he's doing today on social media, including all the great charity work that he does. He was just playing the banjo, per se. I, I saw him Hello. earlier, just before we went on. It is Jamie Sweet. And Jamie, thanks so much for joining us on today's podcast as well. Uh, thank you, Joe. You're far, far, far too kind. Uh, there's some major clams blown today. So. There you go. I try each and every time. Well, you know, if I talked bad about you for the first 10 minutes, you wouldn't be going to come back on the show. Oh, we can fill the whole podcast with uh, something like that. Oh, no, no, we don't want to. That's like saying this, please, the entire time. But <laughs> right. we wouldn't be a Lakerholics podcast without my good friend as well. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as the guy behind the place to go for everything Lakers and Lakerholics.com. It is Tom Wong. And Tom, you gave us 10,000 subjects to talk about on today's podcast. I'm sorry we're not going to have the time to get to everyone. <laughs> But it's also great to have you on the show today. My pleasure, Gerald. There are always just suggestions. You're the host. You make the decisions. Okay. Well, you left a lot of suggestions to all of us. I think it was like written in like essay form. So that's all I'll say. I mean, StreamYard almost couldn't handle it. But It came with its own thesaurus. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now, I won't talk about Colin Cowherd because I really cannot stand his show. I don't like his opinions and I'll just leave it at there. So Colin Cowherd, 
that's out of there right there if you're seeing it on video right now. But it is going to be a great show indeed because we're going to be talking about a lot of great subjects. But first off, I want to touch on a more serious note because today as we're recording this, uh, not as people are listening to this on audio, unfortunately, I can't get it up that same day. I did have, though, an audio podcast that is going up on the day of the six-month anniversary of Kobe and Gigi Bryant's passing, also plus everyone else that passed away on that horrific helicopter accident. It did happen six months ago today as we're recording this. I will have a special podcast with Brett Allen and Dan Williams that will be up on the site that you can go ahead and check out. But guys, I'm going to start with you, Raphael. Please, I want to hear your thoughts on Kobe. We didn't know each other when that unfortunate day happened, but you know when when that day happened, please tell me your thoughts and and how have has it affected and shaped you since that tragic day happened? For me, it was. Uh, I mean, like most people today, I won't forget. Um, I was actually in Beijing at the time, so it was like five o'clock in the morning. And I got a, a message on WhatsApp, and it was a friend of mine, and all it said was, oh, my God, Raphael, are you up? And so I looked, and I was like, well, you know, what, what's going on? And then right when she sent me that message, I got the official notification from the NBA.com app. And so from there, I was, like, frozen. It was like I probably didn't move for about four or five hours, just kind of, like, scrolling through Twitter then that's when all the rumors about who was on the plane, who wasn't. So it was really like just a, a day I'll never forget. And that was also because that's when the coronavirus was really hitting China hard. And that's when everything was starting to get shut down. So at that particular time, I was trying to book my flight back to the United States, trying to decide how long am I going to be gone? Do I book a one-way flight? Do I, you know, I think I was about thinking about going to like Seoul, Korea for a couple of days. Or do I go to Tokyo? And so all of that is going on. And then um, I ended up just kind of like being like shocked, like, you know, couldn't believe it. Like not Kobe, like anybody, but, but Kobe. And then, you know, like, and he, he had a huge, huge presence in China. And the fact that China was shut down at the time, I didn't get a chance to really see the reaction there. Cause I mean, I can't read Chinese. And so I know if it would have been like a normal situation where they weren't on lockdown, I'm sure there would have been plenty of people outside. And because I live right by the NBA store also. And so, um, so yeah, I didn't get a chance to really see the reaction in, in China, but I remember coming back to the States and the only place I could find a direct flight to was LA. And so I ended up booking a one-way flight to LA. And then um, it's kind of dangerous at the time now that I look back at it because I literally went straight from the airplane, dropped my luggage off, and then I went down to the memorial. And so I was there within, you know, all within the same day. Um, so I think I got back like maybe the first. But yeah, between that four days, between the day I found out about it and the day I got back to the States, it was just, it was just a crazy situation. It, it was, uh, and it sounds like it was for you. Uh, such a troubling time for everyone involved and so many people out there are remembering him and Gigi today and it stayed with a lot of people and that's the thing I want to talk about most and that's why I had not only this podcast but the other memorial podcast that I had is that even six months after there's still such a legacy and still so many memories and so many things that 
people out there are still holding on to. And I see it all over the internet. I still see it all over social media. You go to the great Laker groups that we're a part of and you just see it out there that the sadness and, and still so many people reflecting each and every day, even six months later, it's still affecting them even to this day. Jamie, again, I didn't know you at that point in time. Uh, I was still seeing you as far as your thoughts on Lakerholics.net at that time, now Lakerholics.com. I want to hear how six months have passed for you as far as Kobe passing is concerned. I mean, uh, uh, Raphael's adventure is far more <laughs> incredible than mine was. I was at home uh, watching news, uh, and I think I was, ironically enough, starting to just tune in to the whole COVID thing. Like it hadn't really popped on my radar at all up until around, right around that. Like I might've just been like, is this how, what, how crazy is this thing? And then it's one of those things, like I remember to equate it to something else that was like kind of planet shifting when Princess Diana died, I was watching Saturday Night Live. And for the first five minutes of the announcement, I kept thinking, this is a joke. Like this is something on Saturday Night Live where they're like making a joke and like, you're watching like real news thinking like this just isn't this there must be someone must be wrong like there must be a mistake somewhere like the, it like like Raphael said like not like it can't be Kobe like how could that be and then when you find out like Gigi was on the helicopter you're just like 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 that's just, that's too much for any family to like have to go through and just the, it, how it affected not just the Laker organization but sport in general like you know Earth in general it's like one of those Earth the planet goes tilts a little deeper one way when some people pass, I feel like, and that was one of those moments. So, you know, it was devastating in a word. Like it was just devastating. And, and it still, still is today. Still is today. 305 murals and counting in uh, 200 in LA, 305 murals around the world. Like that's, that's crazy to think of. Like six months in that's already happened, you know, like anyway. Tributes still keep pouring in from all over the world, even to this day. Tom, you and I had a podcast that was very somber at that point in time. Uh, it garnered thousands of views and also listens from all around the world. And, you know, six months later, it still hurts even to this day. Yeah, I, I can remember that day so clearly. Um, I, I've got two granddaughters who wear 24 on their uniforms. Uh, one of them, both of them play CYO basketball, and I coach both of them. And one of them plays AAU ball. Um, we had two games scheduled for that day. And I was getting ready to get into the car when I first heard the news to go to the game. By the time I got to the game, I heard the news that Gigi had been also on the helicopter. I mean, it was just so tragic. And, you know, my granddaughter was crying when I got there. My son, who's coaching that team, was considering whether or not he wanted even to have the girls play because everybody was pretty broken up about it. It's like a fight to see who could wear 24 on that team because uh, there's just so many fans of Kobe Bryant and NBA basketball. Um, that's right around the time when I had first uh, started doing podcasts with Gerald and I was in the midst of, of constructing the new Lakerholics.com, which obviously since it's six months later, took six months to, to put together and one of the first decisions I made about the site was that I was going to dedicate the site to, to the memory of Kobe and Gigi. You could call me a, a, a girl granddad. Kobe was definitely a girl dad. I remember probably the most poignant comment that I heard in the aftermath of 
the tragedy was LeBron James' comments about how he thought that Kobe maybe had the happiest year of his life, those two or three years after he had retired and really got the time to spend with his daughters. Um, and to see him and see he see him and Gigi at games and and him pointing out various things to her and uh, you know just the thought of that is just heartrending. At any rate, Lakerholics.com is dedicated to the memory of Kobe and Gigi, and uh, it's it's one of those moments in time like the death of JFK that you'll never ever forget in your life, no matter where you were. It's one of those things that you'll always remember. And hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, I'm one of those people who think that this is going to be a motivating factor for the Lakers. I think it helped the transition uh, for LeBron James to really take the baton and suddenly become the face of the Lakers. And I think that, you know, I'm same as I did that day for every one of the games the rest of the season until COVID ended, ended our girls' basketball seasons, we broke every huddle the same way the Lakers did with one, two, three Mamba. Um, and I think that's going to be a theme all the way to the Lakers winning their 17th championship. Rest in peace, Kobe and Gigi. We love you and we'll never forget you. Absolutely. Rest in peace uh, both to Kobe and Gigi and to everyone else that was part of that tragic accident six months ago today. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Well, there's still much more to talk about on today's program. Once again, it's Gerald Glassford coming right at you here from the Lakers Fast Break, along with Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies. You got to go ahead and check out his awesome YouTube page, NBA Draft Junkies and NBADraftJunkies.com, plus his podcast as well, NBA Draft Junkies, the whole triumvirate of awesome entertainment that he's got planned for you. If you're an NBA fan, it's the place to go, NBA Draft Junkies. And for you Lakers fans, Jamie Sweet, blog editor, and also Laker Tom, the mastermind behind Lakerholics.com. If you're a big-time Lakers fan, you got to see what's going on there, including videos from Raphael and so much more. So let's talk about the bubble because this is the week. The final scrimmage is taking place you know, here in the next couple days, and, and everybody's excited because on Thursday – with the Lakers versus Clippers, the season officially begins. The last eight games, the seeding games, as they're calling it there in the bubble, basically a precursor to what we're going to see in the playoffs. Your impressions so far, Raphael, of the bubble, the presentations, I have heard a lot of things, and I'll tell you what, to me, they've done a great job overall, but still, it's kind of like Summer League. Kind of like your league, but I kind of like it from what I'm seeing so far. Yeah, I feel like I've been somewhat prepared for it because I've been watching the games in China, which is under pretty much the same thing. They're in their own bubble. And then I've watched the Israeli playoffs also, watching uh, Denny Abdia, who I think is one of the top players in the draft. So I've been able to watch those games. 
And it, it's very similar, you know, after a while, you know, after maybe like the first quarter, you kind of get used to no fans being around. Uh, only difference is I can actually understand the commentators when I'm watching <laughs> the games. So when I'm watching the other games, I, I don't know what's going on. So I can hear the shoes squeaking. And maybe if the players are speaking English to each other, I can hear the mic pick that up. So it wasn't a shocker to me how it looked. I think actually the NBA probably did copy some of the 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 format, what they're using in the other leagues as far as like the big screens and and the fans in the background, which I think is coming up soon. Um, but other than that, I think the gameplay has been good. It's been competitive. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting it to be really, really sloppy and bad. And so far, in my opinion, it hasn't been. And um, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm just glad that basketball is back. And I'm hoping that there aren't any like nagging injuries that have been predicted. But again, we're what four days away, four or five days away from real basketball being back. So I'm looking forward to it. I am as well. Uh, just some minor injuries that we're seeing. Uh, obviously, uh, Daniel Iwoku of um, Orlando, who suffered the possible concussion. He's going through concussion protocol from a dangerous fall uh, against the Lakers. Poked eye from Anthony Davis, but it looks like he'll be okay. Uh, there are several individuals still out, kind of in the bubble. We don't really know their situations. Are they back? Are they not back? We know the situation with Luke Williams, who's going to undergo <laughs> another extra 10 days of quarantine tom has him as a full lakers fan would say you i already heard him saying you need to suspend him you need to spend suspend him for the entire season i don't uh, think going uh, i don't think going to a strip club is, is going Darryl. to get you the entire suspension for the entire season you did say the entire season man i it's, did well that'd be fine with me too uh, well as much <laughs> as i would like to agree with you on that i can't agree with you on that he did go to a street <laughs> he did go to strip club but yeah you know, you, you can't uh, get him for an entire season on that. That's too much of a Lakers fan talking to you. So. But I will say this. It, there are a lot of things that, are, that have been good about the NBA. They've been very strict on the bubble restrictions, as we see. Uh, people who are not complying with it are also going to go ahead and get uh, reprimanded, and we're seeing that as well. But overall, I think there's been a good presentation. Got to get rid of that crowd noise, and I'm going to say it almost on every single podcast that we do if I have to. Get rid of that fake video game crowd noise. This comes from a man who runs pop culture sites, that runs a pop culture podcast and all that. Get rid of the fake video game crowd noise because it just is so irritating beyond all description. I love the real sounds of live basketball. You do that, and I'm telling you, you've got me sold. You've got me sold indeed. But, Jamie, I want to go ahead and ask you real quick your thoughts and your excitement on the season upcoming now that we're just right upon it. I'm stoked. I mean, you know, towards the beginning of the bubble and the preseason tune-up games, whatever you want to call these, um, I, you know, there was still some doubt in my mind that it would that it would lurch forward. And when they, that first week when it was like anybody who was in the bubble was testing clean and, you know, once you entered, they did a great job of isolating and quarantining people and keeping them out. And even the guys, you know, Dwight Howard getting busted on the snitch line and a couple of guys going out for uh, what I guess has to be better food than the chefs that are preparing food for them. <laughs> I find that hilarious. Yeah, all the way to Atlanta to a strip club and for dinner. Well, no, I, I think he, I don't think he was there. He was there for a funeral. 
Right, he was there. I think probably somebody owned the building, and that's why they chose to do it. And that's fine, you know. There's no, there's that's that's just how life is right now. You know, you got to go to the places where you can trust that somebody you know has got got it handled on a professional level, uh, like how the bubble is. You know, this is a great example of how the union and the league really deserve a lot of credit because this is this works because they're cooperating. Um, and it's, I love it. I'm excited. I can't wait for, I can't wait for Wednesday. Um, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy. It is going to be crazy. But one thing I would do want to address that Tom also put on the agenda for today is the, <laughs> the social yes. movement. Uh, actually LeBron doesn't want you to call it a movement and I, and rightly so and deservedly so because he, he said, this is something that needs to have happened a long time ago that it will continuously go. So I want to ask you this, Tom. You had mentioned uh, that the league is doing a lot in regards to it. Obviously, the court with Black Lives Matter. Obviously, the message on the jerseys, the numerous ads that are out there. I personally think that there's more that needs to be done from a personal level uh, to make a bigger impact with people. That's my personal opinion. But I want to hear your thoughts on the Black Lives Matter message that the nba is trying to get across and of course what lebron has been saying as well on his interviews that to me holds a lot more weight yeah i think that that i think there's a big differentiation between the token gestures you know such as a patch on a uniform black lives matter across the court and those types of things because those are those are kind of incidental and 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 almost almost seem frivolous in some ways um, what I really was impressed with was the players, like on the Lakers, United, and saying basically that when it came to post-game interviews, they were going to take a topic and make a subject. And uh, Rihanna Taylor was the first one of those subjects that they were going to lobby for, for justice on her part. Those are the kinds of moves that are going to have a bigger impact in in keeping the social injustice that's going on in this country for all of these hundreds of years and really trying to keep the focus on that. And I think that that's something that can really have some weight with people's minds. You worry somehow about whether the ongoing conflicts that are happening in the streets now are, are going to start to work against progress in social justice. So I think it's really important for the NBA players, uh, the professional players and the other leagues that are supporting the NBA players that are supporting the movement. And like LeBron says, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's it's not something that should be brought up and forgotten. I'd love to hear, you know, what Raphael's opinion out of it. The rest of us here are just basically bystanders in the situation. We hope to do the parts that we can to make it a better situation, but we don't live it every day. And I think it's really important that people realize that it is an everyday situation, especially if you're a person of color in this country. Well, we don't have to be bystanders. We can be more active in the community in sending this message out and getting things done. And again, Raphael, you know, we've touched on this subject several times. And people, if you can, please go ahead and check out the Lakers Fast Break when we've touched upon this issue on several episodes. Laker Tom and I have done the same. So I ask you, Raphael, your thoughts on how the league has tried to send this message has it been strong enough for you? Because I'm again, I'm saying on a personal level, I would like to, I would like it to be stronger and and more just out there in order to get that message across. I, mean, I think they've done a good job for the most part. I, mean, I can't speak for every player, 
But I'm sure if you could ask the players, they would much rather have justice for Breonna Taylor as opposed to the logos on the court or on the jerseys or whatever. So I think that's their main thing. But I think a lot of people also don't want it to be a situation where it's where people are. I mean, well, I'll say this first. The NBA has been one the best league, in my opinion, as far as like social issues. But I feel like the NFL is kind of doing it as a copycat because of the backlash if they don't say anything. So, one, the NBA is first and foremost in front of that, which is good. Um, as far as, like, the jerseys, I think a few of the players have complained that they weren't able to have what they wanted on the jerseys. I thought Jimmy Butler's response was the best. He wanted a blank jersey because he said if he wasn't an NBA player, that's who he would be, just another nobody that happened to. I thought that was probably, like, one of the best gestures. But as far as just, like, what more they can do, I don't know. Because with all the attention that's going to be on the NBA, and, you know, every time LeBron has an interview or Anthony Davis or even, like, a Tobias Harris, when they're talking about bringing justice for Breonna Taylor, I think that is, hopefully, it's it's influential. Um, but it just seems like whatever's going on in Louisville, they're dragging their feet. I don't know if it will happen, but I feel like the NBA is bringing additional attention to it, along with the protests that are going on across the country. So I think that part is good. But as far as what more they can do, I'm not really sure at this point. With the, When it comes to the jerseys and it comes to the messages, you're right. LeBron has been out there in the forefront, and, and the interviews with these players have been out in the forefront you talk about the jerseys as far as what's on the back. The WNBA has been much more lenient on what they're allowing. In fact, I see a lot of Breonna Taylors, as far as that's concerned, on the back jerseys of a lot of these players. And I would ask you, why couldn't the NBA have done that? I mean, aren't they going similar as far as where the structure and power is concerned and control and and who decides what is where on, you know, what can go back on these jerseys. The WNBA seems to be allowing a lot more of that than the NBA. I mean, does that, does that make you a little bit curious? Yeah. I, I wish I knew the answer to that one because they're all under the same umbrella. And so I don't know why one league can do it and the other can't. So I wish I knew, but I have no clue. Uh, you and I both that's, and that's something that I think is glaringly obvious when the WNBA mm -hmm is doing what they're doing and the NBA is taking strides. I don't want to sit here and bash them entirely. I mean, they're obviously mm -hmm. taking strides, like you said, more than any other sports league of the NFL, MLB, or, you know, any of the other major sports leagues, WNBA has done a great job with that as well. Like I said, so I'm hopeful that the message can come across even stronger. So change can be made. So we can go ahead and for Breonna Taylor and so many others that have had these injustices done to them, go ahead and be able to honor them and also not only honor them, have action done in their memory, so to speak. So that's what I'm looking forward to hopefully having by these messages continually sent out and hopefully these words from these players with, with voices such as LeBron's and so many others can go ahead and continue to do going forward in this bubble and and moving forward beyond it. That's, that's the thing. I think that's the most important thing as well is that it just doesn't stop on October whatever when the NBA finals stop. 
that it continues on after that so we can go forward as a as a community as a culture and, and we can go ahead and have that equality that this world deserves all right once again it's gerald glassford coming right back at you from the lakers fast break jamie i'm gonna hit you up on this my friend the bubble is here so far kind of so good for the lakers they're one and one as we speak on the scrimmages are concerned but your basic takeaways from the scrimmages that you've seen the lakers play out How's it going for you and your observations on that? I mean, my biggest concern was when we lost Avery Bradley, how the defense would react uh, because you just, there's not a skill set on the team. There's not a skill set, you know, on the scrap heap of players that are out there that replaces the, de- the defensive tenacity that he brings that. And he's just a smart, smart, smart basketball player in general, you know, for, he might not jump the highest or be the tallest or run the fastest, but He's like, he very much reminds me of Derek Fisher, where he just got something about being in the right place at the right time, which you just can't teach and you just can't find uh, anywhere else. Um, you know, I like Contavious Caldwell Pope in the starting lineup. I do wonder maybe if Waiters is a better idea. And on top of that, I'm a little worried about our, our you know, the X factors that people bring in. Um, Kuzma has had a, um, you know, he had his great game yesterday, the game before that, not great. I feel that's been Kyle's MO for a while now. You know, if I see that great game replicated three or four times on down the line, I'll be a little more excited than I am today. And then also, you know, I feel like we had such a great rhythm on defense going into the break and we're scoring fine. And the offense looks fine. It's not a complicated offense anyhow, but on defense, I'm worried. We got the big lead against Orlando slip away pretty quickly. And some of the bench guys who were really shining before just haven't like found that groove yet. Maybe it'll change when the lights shine exactly they are now, not any brighter, but when the games matter. But I'm curious to see how that pans out. Tom, what are your basic overall observations? I hear them almost every day, and I see them at <laughs> Lakerholics.com. But now that you had some time to rest on it a little bit after two scrimmages, what are your thoughts on the Lakers heading into this week that the season will now finally arrive? I'm very optimistic. I think that uh, it has to start, obviously, with LeBron James. And uh, I don't think there's any question that LeBron, I can't remember ever watching a scrimmage or preseason game, if you will, because that's essentially what these games are, where the players came out and played as hard as LeBron is playing. I mean, if you watch him on defense, when a guy, when his man cuts through the key, he is on him like glue. I, I mean, loved it when he and Caruso dove for the ball and he ended yeah. up sliding off the court and almost he down the hallway. Seven times in the game. Did you notice that after layups and so forth? So the awesome. There's a seriousness about the way that he's approaching this situation. And, I, and we've talked many times about how I feel that this is a turning point in the legacies of LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Los Angeles Lakers. So it all starts with with the two superstars, and AD has been just playing spectacular. And it was great to see him smiling on the bench in the second half after he get his eye poked out in the first half. So I think that if you, if you start with what's important to the Lakers, seeing LeBron and AD coming back and being at least close to their level that they were playing at before they left, I think is the first and biggest thing that we can take out of the first two games, the first two scrimmages. 
the next two things in my mind are Kyle Kuzma and Dion Waiters, because those are the two guys who potentially have the talent and ability to take the Lakers to another level, even with LeBron and AD. And so far, we've seen some great signs from Kuzma. Vogel has been definitive that the way he played in the game against the Magic is the way that he's played all season, all, all of the training camps since they, since they came back. So uh, that is a terrific sign. I think also there, there was a great article by Bill Oram and on The Athletic about the shot selection and the way that Kuzma now is just taking a lot more uh, stand-up jumpers, you know, rather than than trying to shoot off of the bounce. Um, and he had a, you know, even though he was only a 29.7% three-point shooter overall, he shot 34% on when he was basically just catch and shoot threes. So he definitely, those first four threes that he nailed uh, in the Magic game were all just standstill threes, man. And if he can, for a guy who's, you know, it's like Vogel said, he had, when you've got four months off and you're in the COVID lockdown, about the only thing you can do is, is to work on, work on your body and work on your shot. And obviously Kyle's done that. So I'm very hopeful that we're going to see him play with a lot more confidence. He seems to be smoother. He seems to have less wiggle in his whole movements and, and not as many happy feet on various things. You know, like you said, he had some tough defensive assignments trying to contain uh, uh, Luca, but, but everybody has that problem. Waiters, I mean, I'm ready to buy tickets on Waiters Island. He's come in and he's done a, he's done a great job. He seems to have adjusted to the being a member of the Lakers despite all of the disappointments he's had this year. He's not the unrepentant shooter and gunner that I saw early in his career. And I think this is a point that, that I wanted to make and didn't get a chance to with respect to Lou Williams. I can't imagine anybody on the Lakers team going out and doing what Lou Williams did, regardless of what the excuse was that he had to go to his grandmother's funeral and a, and a viewing for her. They end up in a strip club to get a meal, supposedly. I couldn't imagine what LeBron James would have said in public about any player on the Lakers who did that because they're on a mission. And the mission doesn't involve taking actions that are deleterious to the team. But can I can I add something? Sure. So someone sent me a picture of the menu from Magic City, and there are some wings that call like the Lou Will Barbecue Lemon Pepper. So maybe he was just going there to check on the wings that are named after him to make sure the customers were, you know, getting what they paid for. Could be Raphael. Could be. <laughs> Uh, at any rate, LeBron, LeBron wouldn't allow that. <laughs> I think the point I'm trying to make is that this championship is going to ride on LeBron James and his demeanor and his will to win. And everything I've seen from that, that, that shadows everything else that could happen with the Lakers. If he stays healthy and AD stay healthy, they're going to, they're going to be an awfully tough out at any part of the playoffs. Well, I'll tell you what, two things, two things. Oh, go ahead, JP, you first. No, I was just, I was agreeing with all that. I think that, I mean, you know, like I said, the defense will probably ratchet up and it's going to start with LeBron. And if AD shows up and he's, you know, if he's healthy, that dynamic is going to be hard for any other defense to contain. Um, and if you, if, if Dwight can stop setting silly picks and, you know, get back to Dwight that we saw at the beginning of the year and not kind of like 
I don't know. Dwight's, Dwight hasn't started the preseason off super great yet, um, but I've, I have a feeling he's warming up. You know, he's 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 a bit of a he's he's got a bit of a, a chip on his shoulder, I think, and he does want to prove everybody that he can do this. And I think that once uh, you know some of these bench guys, they're going to be fine. But I pretty much agree with it. It has to start with LeBron. If LeBron isn't doing it, then it's going nowhere. So. Well, we'll talk about Alex Caruso here, if that's the case. I mean, yeah, he did uh, play the other day and didn't do so well yet, but there's a lot of growth and maturity there here. Hopefully that will have in the in the coming days. But even he wanted to go to his sister's wedding in Texas. And behind the scenes, I think him and LeBron had kind of a conversation going. I'm not going to say that they did. I'm not going to say that they didn't, but... You know, he couldn't go or he decided not to go, I should say, to that wedding for obvious reasons. So I'm seeing the the kind of priorities some of these players have and some of the other players have. And the influence of LeBron, I would say, is there regardless. And, and I'm seeing that today. And as far as Waiters Island is concerned, can you hear that, Tom? Can you hear that? Toot, toot. I think that ferry's starting off for you right now. Yeah, you're grabbing a ticket. You're, you're running on that ferry. You're running on ferry to Waiters Island. Hopefully you can find a nice home there. He's done a great job so far creating his own offense, and that's what they brought him in for. Defensively, he's still rough around the edges, finding the rotations, finding go-ahead and play. And that comes with time, hopefully, playing within the, the confines of the Lakers' defense. Hopefully he'll he'll get better at that. But as far as offensively, he's been able to go ahead and provide some things that I think uh, the backups for the Lakers have not had for quite some time. And Kyle Kuzma, a lot rides on him as far as his consistency. I'm not asking for 25 points. I'm just asking for him to be somewhat consistent. Give me three out of five games of that type of Kuzma that we saw on Saturday. I'll take that every time. Raphael, I know you've also been checking out the entire league as a whole in this bubble. Your observations coming up as the season's hitting, I mean, what are some of the things that you've been seeing and been impressed by when it comes to the teams? Anything stand out, per se? Well, I will say the most impressive play I've seen was the uh, J.R. Smith alley-oop to Dwight. Just that the whole action that, that they ran to where LeBron was at the top of the key, then you know, he was looking for the cutters, and then the back screen, and then, I mean, that, that was just a great set that was. They run that for that KCP a lot. Right. I just haven't seen the the alley like that. From, right. But plus it was, you know, just good to see, like, they ran it for, for JR, and he made the play, which a lot of people don't expect to see JR um, as a passer. So I thought that was uh, just that whole set. I thought that was probably the most impressive, like, action play or set that I've seen. Obviously, Bo Bowl is like the talk of the uh, the bubble league right now. Oh, what and... I'd love to have conversations with you on this last year on this. This would have been amazing. Our talks on Bo Bowl. Yeah, I mean, like talent-wise, I mean, you can't deny his talent. But just seeing how he played, it makes me wonder how bad was his intel going into the draft for him to fall as low as he did, or some teams to pass on him twice, either his foot must have like looked really, really bad on the x-rays, but he had some really, really bad intel that a lot of teams felt like there were too many red flags to pass him because talent-wise, I mean, he could end up being like, I mean, the only player that I can compare him to would be like Porzingis. And if he can have that type of impact, then 
I mean, you, that's a crazy steal for the Nuggets, which means they would have two second-round picks that turned into, like, really, really legitimate high-level NBA starters. That's true. And I'll tell you what, Denver looks like they've fallen on another great pick. Just patience. And I know he had some foot injuries, which caused him to drop way down in the draft. I was still hoping the Lakers could get him instead of THT, but unfortunately that was not the case. So I'll tell you what, this is something that I think a lot of people need to go ahead and keep an eye on. I'm not saying Bull Bull is going to be a game changer per se this season, but going forward, they're going to have him and Michael Porter Jr. That's going to be a front line that's going to be hard to stop. Yeah, I think one of the issues, though, that I wonder how they'll fit, because I feel like what position does Bull play? Is he a four? He's been playing two. A five. Yeah, and so how does he mix with Porter Jr.? And, I mean, if they can get those guys to work out, then Denver is going to be really, really dangerous, which is going to push Paul Millsap to another team. I don't think that he'll be back. But then I also feel like if they want to try to turn the corner next year, they're going to need him because, I mean, you need veterans to to really be competitive. And so I think they have a tough decision on their hands. But I'm also curious to see if Bowl Bowl is going to get rotation minutes once once their full roster comes back here in the bubble. Because I think right now he's playing because a few guys that are ahead of him on the roster aren't playing. And it's good for him. He's got an opportunity to play. But I really want to see what their rotation is like once the game starts to really count and mean something. That's true. I would like to see it. But he's done a nice job of working with Nikola Jokic. I know you've seen some of the passing work that – Jokic has done Denver high turnovers because of this big man lineup that they've had to have because like you said, not everybody's back there in the bubble or ready to go and whatnot, but my gosh, it is kind of cool to see all these seven footers or close to seven footers run around for Denver, at least a kind of, it's kind of different change of pace from what we've been seeing. Did you see the game against the Rockets? Tall ball versus small ball. That was an interesting experiment because it's an awful hard defensive thing. I mean, basically you were the position you play is really the deficient is the position you guard. guard. Yeah. And boy, I mean, three, seven footers on the floor sounds really great on the offensive end, but when you get down at the defensive end, especially when the other team is shooting threes the way the Rockets do. And that game had a lot of substitutions on, on both, both sides, but the final score basically reflected that, that there are some problems trying to to have a tall ball lineup like that. I was also one of those guys rooting for ball to last until the Lakers and disappointed that we didn't take him. Well, you know, my theory clutched. (laughs) That was a clutch call. Yeah. I had a whole article on the clutch draft. Ah, Clutch indeed. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. 
That is by far my favorite because it's also character driven and the stakes are high and there's much more of a mystery and intrigue to it. A game like Wolfenstein, which people are saying are one of the most socially important video games of the past 10 years. Catch our shows on radio worldwide seven days a week or at any time on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on over 30 more podcast outlets. But before we head on out, guys, got about 15 minutes left. Jamie, I want to hear your thoughts has your mind swayed one way or the other when it concerns the Lakers now when it comes to this season going forward? You've seen now a taste of what the Lakers can offer. Outside of Markeith Morris, everybody's had a chance to play in the system so far. You've given your initial thoughts. I want to hear, has your mind swayed as far as the Lakers' chances so far in the upcoming season and postseason beyond? Ideally, they won't be overtaxed in the seeding games, and it will be an extended preseason, for lack of a better word. You know, they'll be able to tune up and get on a similar page defensively over those eight games because I can't really see them slipping too far. If they slip to two, even, like, what's the big deal? It's not that huge a thing. Ideally, you'd like to see us face the Clippers later in the playoffs and not earlier, I think, is really the biggest test in the West. This is more about what team is going to mesh quickest as opposed to, like, because the, the way you normally roll into a playoffs is what team is playing the hottest and everybody's just getting going. So it's more like who can get up to NBA speed the quickest. And I feel like the Lakers have as good a chance as anybody. I feel like LeBron keeps himself in ridiculous shape. It looks like he's implored the rest of the guys on the team to keep themselves in basketball shape. Of course, we all know about the secret court that they played on every day for uh, weeks on end that of course totally was, you know, <laughs> will be the stuff of legends uh, on down the... I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I shouldn't talk about it. The first rule about secret court is you don't talk about secret court. Anyhow, so, uh, you know, I, I think they've got as good a shot as any. Obviously, Milwaukee and the Clippers, still in my mind, are the biggest obstacles. Tom, your observations, have they changed at all? I, I don't think so, because I've heard it sprinkled throughout yeah, this broadcast. I, I, but I pretty much think that it's down to the Lakers and Clippers and a championship will be determined in the Western Conference Finals. And I think a lot of that goes to the matchups. I think we saw with the Bucks that the Lakers have got two guys who can guard Giannis. And I think when you play the Clippers, we still don't have anybody who can do a great job against Kawhi. So I think that those, those are the teams that are going to be buying for it at the end. And uh, I still think the Lakers are five, six points better than the Clippers who are five or six points better than the Bucks. Last to you, my friend, Mr. Raphael, I'll tell you what, I know you you and I have gone back and forth and I know that you've been very gracious enough again to go ahead and share your honest opinions and I love them. And don't be intimidated at all by the two down there on the screen because <laughs> I certainly am not. But I want to hear your thoughts on the way out on your impressions going ahead. These two are two great guys, by the way. I'm just kidding you on that. But uh, <laughs> I just want to hear your thoughts on the way out as far as we head into the season. And has your mind wavered one way or the other? Or is there a surprise team that, that we haven't talked about yet? Well, I will say the Lou Williams thing is definitely a concern. Simply because, like Tom said, that would not have happened on the Lakers. And so I think that just shows the difference between LeBron's style of leadership and... I mean, I guess who's the leader of the Clippers? You know, you would think Lou Will has been there and he's the oldest guy on the team off the top of my head and he may be their veteran leader. I mean, I could see if it were Landry Shamet 
who did that. He's young, <laughs> but this is a guy that's been in the league since at least 2006 that is leaving the bubble and taking a picture. First of all, if you're going to leave the bubble, don't take a picture <laughs> with the mask that they gave you in Orlando. I think that hurts the Clippers. It shows like maybe there is a lack of leadership as far as the players. I mean, maybe Pat Bev is their leader. I don't know. I mean, we never would guess Kawhi to be like a, a vocal leader. He may lead by example. So I think that hurts. And then um, the Morris twin, is it Marcus? Yes, Marcus is on the Clippers. He's leaving in September yeah. for the the birth of, of his baby. So I think that with just all their guys that are in and out of the bubble, I don't, I mean, I guess maybe if there's a team that's used to it, it would be them because they, you know, they've kind of been playing this way the whole year, but you would hope that they would have everybody together and they're starting to ramp up towards a championship. And it seems like the Lakers are a lot, a whole lot more focused than the Clippers at this point. As far as the Bucks, you see Giannis kind of pulled a fast one on us and said that he hadn't been playing or something like that. And, he, he looks good. I just don't think the Bucks have the experience. I mean, they haven't been past the second round, if I'm not mistaken. It's kind of hard to go from not getting past the second round because I think there's levels that you have to take. And so um, at least the Lakers have Braun, who's been there plenty of times. Um, JR has championship experience. I think Houston could be the biggest trouble for the Lakers just because – their style of play is so hard to match up against. Like I could see their, I could see it going either Lakers just blow them out, or I could see it could be a situation where Houston really gives them trouble and they have to like scramble and play lineups that they're not used to playing. But right now, just based off of the favorites, I'd have to say that the Lakers are more, they look more focused than the Clippers and they would probably be the favorite to come out of the West. When you have so many questions right now with the Clippers, because Landry Shamit is just coming back for the coronavirus. I believe he's in Orlando. Ivica Zubats, I believe, is in Orlando. I think he took a picture from, from he, but he just got there. Uh, mm-hmm. What's going on with Patrick Beverly? Because I believe he's not in the bubble. And he then left. you have Lou Williams, and that's going on. And you're right, that does tell me Trends a little bit. Too. Yeah. Montrez Harrell left the bubble also. Exactly. So you have all this stuff right now, and you – and you figure, oh, yeah, Doc can come up with a plan. That's no problem. By October, they're going to be fine and whatnot. I'm hoping that's going to be the case. We're getting the, the Lakers and Clippers at full steam so we know exactly once and for all who is going to be the better team this year because I don't want to hear any excuses from anybody, either Lakers side or Clippers side, as far as, well, you know, off the up. Well, no, everybody being the bubble healthy, I'm hoping so that we can finally get an answer to this question who is better, Lakers versus Clippers? And then, as far as the Bucks, I can totally understand where you're where you're coming from in regards to where the Bucks need to go ahead and take that next step. But is there anybody that is strong enough in the Eastern Conference to go ahead and take that away from them? Is Boston healthy enough? We saw Kemba Walker; he sure looks healthy enough. That knee looks pretty good right now. So I saw him going ahead and and dusting DeAndre Ayton the other day. In, in a scrimmage, so I'm telling you what, if he continues to look good, watch out for Boston. Uh, Toronto, Nick Nurse always seems to work that magic with that pixie dust that he's got there and his great <laughs> coaching skills. I mean, so we'll see what happens there. I mean, obviously, as the reigning, well, as the longest reigning champs because, you know, the coronavirus yeah. set everything back. <laughs> so now they have that dubious distinction. See how long that it will take for them. And 
But like I said, they're outside of Danny Green and also as well Kawhi. You have a, the complete team still there that can go ahead a long way if they go ahead and, and stay focused. And then, of course, you have Philadelphia as a dark horse. If they can get their stuff together, Miami is a dark horse. A lot of people have been suggesting them if Jimmy Butler can take these kids to another level. So many different options that are out there. You're right. It To me, it seems like the East is a little bit more open than people might think. I, I, I mean, I can see it on one hand. I also feel like, you know, Dallas has historically the best offense of all time based off of this year as far as like offensive rating. So I think they're a team that could possibly make some noise in the playoffs. I mean, they're really inexperienced. I mean, they're two best players haven't played a playoff game yet, but I think that they could um, definitely give some teams some trouble in the playoffs, which is why I'm so interested in this bubble playoff series, because I mean, you just, I mean, the, the two favorites are the Lakers and the Bucks, And then, you know, the Clippers, it seems like most people have those three teams and then everybody else is kind of behind. Well, I think it would have been that way if the season would have ended normally. But now with this whole bubble situation and everybody having four months off, it's all going to boil down to which players on which teams stayed in shape, which players are focused, which players are ready to go home. Because I think there are some guys that are just going to be like, this is an adjustment. This is tough. I'm ready to go home. And we see it in summer league. I know this is has way bigger implications than summer league, but every year at summer league, you know, you know the teams that start to pack it up and mail it in because they've been gone too long. And I wouldn't be shocked if there are teams that do that. Like if you're down 0-2 and you're ready to go home, are you going to – it's not like you have a home court advantage. Not like you say, all right, we're down 0-2, we're going to go home and have a home crowd. So this is going to be, in my opinion, the most interesting playoffs that I can remember because nobody has any advantages right now everybody's on the road or everybody's at home, depending on how you look at it. And I think it's going to come down to just, um, of course, health is an issue, but in my opinion, it's still pretty wide open. Well, I'll tell you what, why don't we all go to Adam Silver and ask him to be virtual fans so we can all go, Hey, (laughs) on the screen, you know, see all these, these four geeky guys from Lakerholics.com. They can go ahead and, and, uh, you know, shout out to everyone. Oh, I should, well, yeah, I'm a geeky fan, so I'll just, I'll go ahead and do it. But anyways, uh, being a virtual fan or not, let's tell you what, it's still going to be very exciting because the season is upcoming upon us. And if everybody can go ahead and check out the work that you do, Raphael, at NBA Draft Junkies, and that you, Laker Tom, and you, Jamie Sweet, do at Lakerholics.com. Laker Tom, before we head on out, I'll start with you. What are you up to at Lakerholics.com? Because if anybody comes to know you at all, you're always up to something at Lakerholics.com. Well, I think we, we put together uh, the new site is up and running, and uh, we're very excited about it. It's got a lot of great new features, some uh, social networking features and so forth. We've got Raphael's uh, terrific videos coming up for Laker Film Junkies. Uh, the first one was just a tremendous video, and the second one is uh, on the on the way, I believe. Yep. Uh, we've got all of the Laker fast break videos. Gerald, uh, in podcast Gerald has been prolific. <laughs> we can hardly keep up with him. I mean, every morning I'm 
up on my exercise bike listening to a podcast. <laughs> well, I'm trying to keep distance. I'm, I'm trying to keep distance from Raphael because Raphael's he's going to batch up with me podcast for podcast. So I'm <laughs> trying to keep running away from him as far as podcasts are concerned. You know, and then, and then Gerald's got this whole new thing where where we're doing these broadcasts right now on YouTube live on Lakerholics.com. Well, we're exciting. The, the one new thing that we've got coming up, which we're targeting for Thursday's game against the Clippers, is a um, group live in-game blog or, or in-game chat where basically everybody can hook up with their phone, be watching the game, and they're just then picking, typing, dropping in their comments or rooting for this player, rooting for that play, cheering for this to happen. So uh, we'll have that up and running uh, by Thursday and looking forward to getting a big group of people watching the game live and chatting with it. And also as well, we're going to go ahead and try and do as much as we can some post-game report, whether I have Raphael, Jamie, Laker Tom, whoever can come on board. I hope to have that in the near future. I can't promise it after the first initial games because I'm going to be from a, another remote location so, as you know, remote locations equal bad Wi-Fi. So I can't promise anything at this point in time. But by next week, by the second week of the season, I should have it up and running as far as for post-game reports. So hopefully you get a chance to check us out there live, Facebook Live, YouTube, and hopefully on Lakerholics.com as well. Jamie Sweet, as the blog editor for Lakerholics.com, what do you have planned coming up for everyone at Lakerholics.com? Well, you know, life has a way of dictating pace so i i understand your circumstances gerald and i can't say how thankful i am Raphael and gerald both that you guys are contributing to the site and uh you know it's it's a it's been a long run for tom and i uh, i've known tom for well over almost two decades i think now tom uh including the lakerholics la times uh blog he's the only blogger i've ever met in person so having you guys contribute is uh, really exciting and awesome I think you both do great work, and I appreciate it. For my part, I'm, you know, I like to uh, do my little reviews after, and I like to keep up with things and try to keep the blog loose. You know, time, times are tight, and lots going on, and life has a way of enroaching on us in a way that it didn't used to, because we're all trapped in our own little, our own little bubbles of life now. Like everyone's like in a Jetson-like bubble, floating around, nobody touching one another, getting too close, which is a very weird way to live. And so I'm just trying to keep, help people keep it loose, keep it happy-ish and friendly and uh we're gonna get through this and i think basketball is gonna be a really really good way for people to start to move forward into what can be a new normal so let me get this right you've known tom for almost 20 years in one way or another that's very yes <laughs> i'll say this to you my friend <laughs> as my wife says to me to other people i've known him for all that time i'm so sorry i'm so sorry indeed <laughs> But Raphael, before we head on out, my friend, you got to tell me what's going on with NBA Draft Junkies. It's a place to go not only for everything NBA, but also everything inside on the NBA Draft. What you working on? Because you got a great site, great podcast, and also an awesome YouTube channel as well. Thank you. Thank you for the compliment. What I'm working on now is uh, I need to go back to doing like the player breakdowns. I kind of took a break from that. I don't think I've posted one in the last month or so, but I've been doing interviews with um, foreign second round prospects. And so I think that's been pretty cool, just um, 
just because I don't think that I've, I've seen other sites that are really doing that. Like, I mean, maybe like quick interviews, but I've been able to get like 45 minute hour, even I think the shortest one was maybe like 25 minute interviews with some of the guys that are going to be second round prospects or if they're drafted. I mean, I think, I think they will be drafted. And so I'm just trying to give those guys a little bit of spotlight for the American audience, uh, but I'll go back to doing some of my um, player profile breakdowns. And then I'll still have like the the interviews that I'll have with different draft junkies. I mean, they may not be necessarily working for my site, but different guys talk about like their big board and, and how they see the draft. And then also I'm thankful for this partnership with Tom. And so I created a video last week about um, guys that I think the Lakers should target with the, I mean, we're gonna say the 29th pick, we don't really know at this point. And then I have another video coming up um, soon. It'll probably be within the next day or two where I'll, uh, I'll, I mean, I'll keep it a secret, but it'll be another video about um, the Lakers and the NBA draft and some prospects that I think they should target to fill a different need. So stay tuned for that. And I'll, I'll be producing different content for the Lakerholic site at least once a week at the minimum, but more than likely twice a week. Well, there you go. Once again, you got to check it out today at LakerHolics.com. Look at Tom. He's beaming. You know, they're both so happy that you're part of it. With me, they're just like, oh, yeah, that, that dude too. But I am so thankful to be a part you're of the, Lakerholics. You're the connective tissue. You're the one that... You're the Alex Caruso. Alex <laughs> yes. Caruso is, is actually very correct, Gerald. You are our Alex Caruso. Raphael is our Anthony Davis, but, you know, don't feel slighted at all. Well, hopefully I won't foul out in 12 minutes. So let's put it that way. <laughs> but I will tell you this. I'm so thankful to be a part of the Lakerholics.com empire. Let's call it the empire, so to speak. But I truly appreciate everyone taking the time out to speak to me today right here on the show. On a serious note, again, six-month anniversary. We truly appreciate everything that Kobe did for us and honor his memory, Gigi Bryant's memory, and everyone else that was uh, tragically killed in that helicopter accident six months ago so again our respects to their families our thoughts and prayers are continuously with them everybody who is still honoring their deaths and are having a hard time with it please check out my podcast with dan williams and also as well brett allen we talked in serious lengths about what we can do to overcome this and as together as a group and and what you need to possibly ideas that will help you get through this period of time but I'll tell you what, guys, there's so much more. Check out Lakerholics.com today. Check out NBA Draft Junkies. Check out Lakers Fast Break. And if you do, I'm sure we all truly appreciate it. I'll be talking to each of you guys real soon in upcoming broadcasts. You know Laker Tom's just going to stalk me anyways until I get on another show with him. So there's no chance of avoiding that. But Raphael, the hardest working man out there in podcasting, you're taking you. that title. You're Quick taking question. that title. Did uh, LeBron allow you to um, permission to take this trip? Since <laughs> you're Caruso? <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's a trip that I'm going to have to say, LeBron, I have to do and I have to take. Uh, it was done in advance, and unfortunately, I can't get out of it. It's for a great reason and a great cause. I'm just so happy that we can go ahead and start talking basketball again. And it's right around the corner. The season is upon us. I'm looking forward to it. These guys are looking forward to it as well. Give us some love at Lakerholics.com if you can. And guys, I truly appreciate you being part 
of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>